ACLC, an occasional podcast starring America's Least Wanted, Aaron Kamara of Decibel Geek, and LC of Cobras and Fire. So jump on as we spread our rad wings of destiny and take you on an ugly Kid Joe adventure. Welcome to episode two of AC Elsie. I'm one of your hosts, Elsie, and I'm joined by Aaron Camaro, also known as King of Wisconsin, wrestling announcer, podcaster, and game show host. How are you, sir? And don't forget, personal friend of Loose Cannon. Oh, that's, that's that's true. That should be in the top I, of your resume. I always, I always include that. If you had kept reading down the list I gave you before we started recording of how I wanted to be introduced, <laughs> you'd have saw that. <laughs> I just, uh, I, uh, man, I, I, when I say episode two, to let right. people know, this is the second episode of ACLC. What's the first one based on? Holy shit, has it been five years already? <gasps> that's true. That is what... <laughs> only about a year no, and a half first, ago oh yeah that's right well we said we weren't going to do this for another five years but yeah. you know last time we got together and we pronounced our love for local h mm-hmm. and i think we changed the world so you know when that's the result when two podcasting entities happen to collide and magic like that is made you know mm-hmm. it's not fair to keep it from the people for an entire five years like we said so we're back today and we're going to tell you about another band we love a lot mm-hmm. what's that we're band? Gonna have a real good time doing it what's the name of that band Aaron? Oh, man, I've been waiting forever to do an entire podcast episode about this band. <laughs> I know we said that about Local H, too, but yeah. if you know anything about me, Aaron Camaro, your old buddy, AC, if you know anything about me and you listen to the Decibel Geek podcast, you know that one of my all-time favorite bands that everybody loves to give me shit about is Ugly Kid Joe. I've been singing this praises and showering the love upon the band Ugly Kid Joe for way longer than we've ever started the Decibel Geek podcast. But once Decibel Geek started, Chris Sinzak came to me and said, hey, I got this idea for a podcast. And I go, what's a podcast? He explains it to me. And I was like, and I can just talk about Ugly Kid Joe whenever I want to. <laughs> And he nope. goes like, N- no, no, it, it can't be like that, you know. So all these years I've been like, you know, I'm going to slip it in whenever I can, sure. you know, sneak yeah. it in there. Got to got to do it. I can't help myself. Someday the circumstances will be right. I will find an awesome friend to invite me on to create a podcast all about Ugly Kid Joe and 
off the list. It's happening right now. Listen, you know, when you first signed on to Decibel Geek and Chris Sinzak had that terms of service contract, you just check, 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 you know, just to go through all that it had. No ugly kid Joe, no local H in the fine print. Right. right? Yes. And we, I understand you've been it's been four, 400, what, 80 episodes, whatever it's been. And you've never been allowed to do a full episode. And, and it, that's not even the man holding you back. That's a man, Chris Sinzak. He's the man. Yeah. But he's held me back for long enough. You mm-hmm. know what? And I've noticed, too, that you've got the same problem. <laughs> I mean, sure, we can have Ron Keel on like every other week. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, the co-host, the other co-host. But no, we will not be talking about Local H. Maybe a little. I'll Because he allows you a little, just mm-hmm. like Chris. Sure. He allows me a little. Yeah. Dangles like, a little hey, man, carrot. You know, like you, you, I'm sure you do the same thing with me. Like Baco calls you up and said, "Hey, any thoughts about the next episode?" And you're like, "You know, I was just thinking, you know, we could do a whole Ugly Kid Joe episode." <laughs> no, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're going to talk about Mitch Malloy. That's correct. <laughs> Cobras and Fire is forty uh, percent Ron Keel, thirty percent Michael Sweet, and uh, uh-huh. the other percent is what you just said. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, man. What this is, is our it? lot in life. It, it is. It is. And so we're going to have fun in the, uh, you know, the mission statement, just like the last episode is open your mind, man. It's not just yes. it's not just I hate everything about you in a cover of uh, Cats in the Cradle. Right. Oh, man. It's so much more. You just you just don't understand how great Ugly Kid Joe is. But. As promised by the end of this episode, mm-hmm. oh yes, you okay. will. That's the mission. So we're going to kind of just break down how we were introduced to the band. We're going to talk about, you know, um, kind of go through the discography and, and pick some of our favorite songs and feature some snippets. And and uh, it'll all be in the show notes as a little guide. I'll even have a playlist on Spotify that you can go to. The ACLC Top Ugly Kid Joe Songs as a sampler. So hopefully we can convert some people to go check some more out besides what they've heard. What do you say? You want to get into this? You know I do. Cool. And I got to tell you, we've had trials and tribulations to get this episode together. But, uh, you know, when I'm driving home from work, I'm like, I got to get home to talk about Ugly Kid Joe for an hour and a half. <laughs> Life is good, my friend. That's right. <laughs> it's all about perspective. You know, you got something good like that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with it? Not a damn thing. You look on your little phone about your schedule events. Ugly UKJ 630. Let's do this. And uh, and I got to say, the gods, the rock gods have smiled upon us, too, because one of the days I got to say this is this is this has been, you know, something that that rock in general needs, because one of the days that we had to cancel and reschedule. One of their brand new songs. It was the same day they dropped their first song in like five years or, or whatnot. Yeah, seven, do you, do you I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do. Oh, yeah, because I was excited for it. Right. And uh, what's the name of that track? Oh, shit. What was the name of that song? <laughs> shit. Uh, uh, that Ain't Living. That Ain't Living. That's right. That's the one. You know what? They're supposed to be coming out with another new one. In just a couple of days. So by the time you guys are hearing this, then there'll be another song by Ugly Kid Joe out. And depending on how long it takes Loose mm-hmm. Cannon to edit this, oh yeah, I forgot he doesn't edit. The new album 
Rad Wings of Destiny might be out by the time you're hearing this. <laughs> that's right. You never know. Another great titled album. But yeah, so there's oh, a band hey, that's... Check this out. Go ahead. Check this out. You want to do a little time traveling? Sure. With me real quick, a quick little sidebar. Since we're going into the future, but we're currently in the present, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you and everybody listening to this that Rockin' Pod 2023 is happening on March 18th, the Ooh. weekend of... Nice. This is breaking news for me as well. Yes. Just don't release this episode tomorrow. <laughs> Trust me. It ain't going to be that quick. Maybe wait for Sinzak to make the official announcement before you release this one. <laughs> sure. But yeah, that's another, another uh, looking forward to that as well. But, um, but yeah, you want to jump into this? Shoot. Yeah, man. You know, when the last time we recorded together, we were talking about local H and I had revealed to you what my, me and my group of friends were referred to in junior high and senior high where there was jocks and there was dweebs and, you know, the smart kids. And then we, because, you know, we were what some people would call the burnouts, you know, we were the metalheads, the rock and rollers. They called us the skids. Love it. And so, as part of the routine of being a skid mm-hmm. is in high school, we get dropped off by the school bus. This was, I guess, just before I got my car, my first car. Got dropped off by the school bus in front of the school. We would walk into the school, take a right, take a left, take a right by the pool, go all the way behind the pool, and there was an exit door back there. And you could walk right out that exit door and dead across the street was my good friend Danny Wellner's house. And Danny Wellner had cable. We would sit over at his house, smoke marijuana, and watch MTV. The Devil's Lettuce. Yes. We're over there watching, like, the top videos, top five videos, you know, and it's always Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots and, you know, bands like that, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Now, those bands are all right. You know, I dig them, too. But one day we're watching it, and along with all those bands is Ugly Kid Joe with I Hate Everything About You. And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, well, this is pretty fucking cool, you know, but this ain't nothing like any of those other bands. And it's like, you know, I could hear, like, Motley Crue doing a song sort of like that, or Poison, or one one of the bands that are all of a sudden being shunned. Sure. You know, I felt like Ugly Kid Joe fit in maybe more with the L.A. bands for sure than the Seattle scene. And so it was it just struck me as odd that, you know, you got all these bands that are serious, you know, you know, we're serious flannel looking at our shoes, playing rock and roll, don't want to smile. None of that. And then you got Ugly Kid Joe jumping around on the beach, guitar solos, you know, drums loud, you know, kind of thrown back to the stuff that I'd already liked before the big reset happened in rock and roll in the 90s. And so, like, I was perplexed by this. And I thought the song was pretty cool, and it definitely rocked harder than the other stuff that was popular at the very same time. And I was like, you know what? I got to get me some more of this Ugly Kid Joe. I got to find out what that's about. You know, it's really good. And so then I go pick up the EP, and it's like, man, I hate everything about you isn't even the best song on this thing and it's only like six tracks but 
some of the best songs I ever heard in my life. Like, I was completely blown away by hearing Madman and Whiplash Liquor and, you know, Funky Fresh Country Club and all those songs on that first EP. And from then on, I'm hooked because I love those songs so much. I can't wait for the next thing to come out, which would be the full-length album that really explodes them. Right from the very first time that I saw them on MTV and I listened to the EP, it's like... This is my band. I love this. Suburban white on our hatred. We ain't glad and we ain't glad. Victims of a society that fucks with me about sobriety. Don't drink this and don't drink that. It does a little more than just get you fired. I seriously see you learn about a school. If you're deaf and alcoholic, you beat one too. But no, I, I don't think it can be understated that that uh, when Ugly Kid Joe came out, um, and I don't remember exactly when the single hit. I mean, the a- actual album came out October eighth, ninety one, um, on the Monster label, Star Dog Records. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but but the point is is right. So we're in there. I embraced grunge as well as as uh, it was a big hair metal fan too at the same time. But this was a great like uh, let's call it a bridge or something like yeah. that. We're also. You know, I grew up in West Lafayette, Indiana. You're in, we're in Wisconsin. What's the name of the town? Merrill. Okay. So just the fact the beach was just, I think, for in the Midwest to see that with all the uh, other bands going darker and stuff like that was still like, okay, these yeah. guys don't sound like, I guess you can hear a little bit of Motley and stuff like that in there, but these guys are having fun. And there's right. that whole part where you're like, okay, this is kind of a catchy song. But then there's that part that's kind of punky near the end, like the, the bridge or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That was in there too. Same thing with me. I was like, okay. And then you go and you're like, okay, they're called Ugly As I Wanna Be. That's a riff off of Two Live Crew. Not the, yeah. not the last time they would uh, use like a rap influence title. And I was like, okay, let's check this out. And just like, just like you, more than a million people bought this EP. Right. Uh, like it's the greatest. I believe the stat is it's the biggest selling EP of all time. I might be wrong with that, but it's one of the top. I ones. know. I know at least up to like 10 years ago because we actually got to interview Whitfield Crane one time, like way back in the first year of the show. Right. So I'd be like over 10 years ago. But at that time, that record still stood. And when we talked to him about it, he didn't even know it. The, He's like, really? Stat. And I was like, yeah. yeah, man, I found it on Billboard. It's it's for real. It says basically uh, all things to say it's multi-platinum. You know, like I said, when I listened to it, I was like, man, everything about you isn't even one of the top four songs on this thing. Right off the bat, they're playing, tri- paying tribute to the guys that they love with a badass cover of Sweet Leaf. I mean, Too Bad is amazing. Whiplash li- Liquor just rocks. Madman is cool as hell, but you know what? Madman, Loose, where? In Disneyland. Uh-huh. Surprised they were allowed to say that. 
know. I mean, it's just that song itself is pretty uh, crazy looking and, back at it. You know, talking about looking back at it, the whole thing with that. I wonder always how that worked. You know, it's like like we need these serious bands singing serious things coming from a serious place like Seattle. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, you know, let's do that. You know, we'll change the whole thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, will you guys, you know, play Ugly Kid Joe? And somebody said, perfect, you know, and like how that worked because no other band around that time got any kind of push like that. Right. And let's just jump into that for a second. Like just the sense of humor was refreshing yes. in this era. Like that part too. And you, you, you talk about, but they weren't a joke band, but they had fun. And let's, let's just go to the other thing too. And that is that when did you first, I didn't even know that, that a, a band called pretty boy Floyd existed until way later. Like, did you even know that that was a play on that band ever? That's like almost like uh, for me, it's almost like, you know about that now, but then you didn't get the joke. Did you? That they called themselves that after. I don't know. I'm trying. Okay. If if I did, it was probably because I read about it in like a Metal Edge or something like that. Yeah, they were going to open for them, and they just named themselves that last minute because they didn't have a band name. So it's Ugly Kid Joe opening for Pretty Boy Floyd. Right. <laughs> and I guess the history, the, the the real story is that the the show was canceled, so they never did open for them. Depending on what what you read online, but they kept but, the uh, name. <laughs> yeah, but they kept the name. Like it's a great name, right? You yeah, got a I mascot. You got I a mean, guy with a finger. I mean, let's just talk about the cover too—a cartoon. Yeah. You didn't see that then with flipping the bird. Yeah, it's like it, it was. It was. Uh, you're like this is something different, and it was different. If we could just touch on this, also, is that before you go to your first pick, is I my first introduction to Sweet Leaf was actually through Ugly Kid Joe. They didn't play that on the radio. They played basically in my area um, on the radio stations. They played Iron Man. They played Paranoid. And that was it from Sabbath. So I right. didn't know Sabbath that much at the time. And I remember hearing Sweet Leaf and being like, I recognize the song. Why? And that's because I was introduced to it for the first time through Anthrax, through Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath on the I'm the Man EP, the mm-hmm. outro, that song ends. And then they play, they go... <coughs> And they put like 30 seconds of Sweet Leaf and it goes away. I'm like, where do I know this fucking song? Oh, wow. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't, I was just going to open this up to there's three Black Sabbath songs that I heard from other bands first. It was Sabbath Play, Sabbath, Anthrax, Ugly Kid Joe for the, the snippet of Sweet Leaf they play, and then um, Faith No More with War Pigs. But basically, my gateway into Sabbath was through these covers of more current bands. Was my way right. to tell you that, and I don't know if anybody else has experience. You had a cool. What's your uncle that always gives you the great stuff? My uncle Bruce. <laughs> uncle Bruce, that's right. He that didn't guy have gives any you, ugly kid Joe. <laughs> oh no, but he had Sabbath and all that stuff. So yeah, you heard this my stuff dad already. had Sabbath. Sure, sure, but uh, but I don't know. I mean, what's your what's your pick off of? Uh, I don't know what else you want to say about this, or if you want to present uh, as guest, you have uh, honors to pick first. Oh man. Thank you. Yeah. My, one of my all-time favorite songs by any band ever. This may be like if I if I was, you know, forced in some way to present like five of the greatest songs ever, in my opinion, I would have to include this one. I mean, it's just 
It's the perfect song. It rocks. It's got attitude. It's funky. Every instrument is on the money in this song. You can't not jam to it. You know, you think about your driving in your car. This song comes on. You got to crank it up. It's just one of the greatest songs ever written, in my opinion. And it's so it's so cool. It's Funky Fresh Country Club. With a tiny intro of Sweet Leaf. That's right. When I put that on the iPod, I separate those. I can see that. I, I got to tell you, I, like Funky Fresh Country Club is, I like Red Hot Chili Peppers, some of Red Hot Chili Peppers, and that's like that or uh, Suicidal Tendencies or whatever. It's it's when yeah. the, those bands are doing it right is that kind of yes. song. Wouldn't you kind of, if you want to describe that song to somebody that's never heard it before? I mean, like, you like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well, here's a song that's better than anything they've ever done. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. 
But it's awesome. I mean, I was in a band when I was young, and I was singing, and I wanted the band to do Funky Fresh Country Club, but the bass player didn't want to do it, you know? And I was like, but it's a total, you know, you get to show off. It's it's the bass player should love this song. And then it came out later, it was like he just couldn't play it. Yeah, this is one that I rediscovered, because I own this. I own this EP uh, back in the day, and I had just forgotten about this track and the Sweet Leaf intro, and, and my God, easily my my favorite song on on that album, uh, possibly their their whole discography. I'm not sure. But, yeah, but I'm it's, telling you, it's, it's amazing. a monster. I mean, yes. we, we, we came out the gates swinging. So you know, like, so the song "I Hate Everything About You" is like their rock and roll all night. Right. You know, it's the song, the song that they're known for, kind of like we talked about with Local H last time about how it's uh, bound for the floor and nobody seems to know anything else by this band. That's their song. You know, it was their first big single. It was huge. Everybody loved it. Like Loose Cannon said, they sold a whole shitload of copies of that EP. And I kind of got burnt out on everything about you because it was the only thing you'd hear. And the only thing anybody wanted to talk about. But I think I got the single for the song Busy Bee off the next album. And it had a live version of Everything About You. And that's really cool. You know, like it's different. You know, it's it's different a little bit than the studio track. And that really shows it's actually a really damn good song, even though you get kind of burnt out on it. What I'd like to add to that, too, is that I think that Ugly Kid Joe and Everything About You is the same thing as Extreme and um, More Than Words. Yeah. Where, where you say, okay, Ugly Kid Joe, it's a joke band. Extreme must be this guy, these guys that, that uh, do this, this sweet-ass ballad. Yeah. And, and then that's all that society basically knows about it. And it's almost like the perfect thing that sold them everything but also killed them at the same time. That's a funny story Michael Wagner told us about Extreme, like how that became the single. And then all the ladies showed up expecting this band to be like yeah. four, four Michael Boltons. Right. And then they rock and they don't like that. You no. know, on the other hand of that, you got the dudes that are hearing more than words going, oh, this band sucks. Same thing happened with me with Saigon Kick. You know, you, I only heard more than what is What was their song? I know what love you're is, speaking Love of. is on the on way. The yeah. And I was like, God, this is terrible. I hate this, you know, and they played it a lot, you know, and I really didn't like it. And my buddy's telling me, hey, you need to listen to Saigon Kick. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. You know, they suck. And for the longest time, I wouldn't listen to it. And then when I finally did, it's like that song isn't like anything else that they do, you know, and that song actually sucks compared to all the other songs on the album. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the same situation. It, it, it don't suck terrible. I mean, it's not... It's not like those songs, but if that's what you expect out of Ugly Kid Joe, then you're selling yourself way short if you're not giving them a chance. But I think it's the combination of I Hate Everything About You, the video, combined with, we'll just say it right now, is the band name Ugly Kid Joe perfectly rated? I think so. I mean... It does kind of make them seem like a joke because it's not, I don't know, it's 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 funny. It's a funny name. Right. And that's what I was looking you know? for. But at the same time, it only takes you so far. Like, how do you take somebody's 
what what kind of songs? If your name is Ugly Kid Joe, is there going to be an amazing, uh, you know, deep epic? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's- well, and and as we travel more along the path of this discography, you're going to find yeah. that there are a lot of songs like that with right. Ugly Kid Joe, where that if you played that for somebody and said, "Do you know who this is?" and they'd be like, "No," or they'd guess and be wrong. And then you tell them Ugly Kid Joe, and they'd be like, "A band called Ugly <laughs> Kid Joe does that." Well, cool. Let me let me uh, finish off "Ugly as You Want to Be" with my pick, and that is track three will be a recurring theme, I believe, for me on their discography. Uh, some of their catchiest songs are track three, like a lot of bands. So my pick off of this EP is "Too Bad." song so much it's so good oh it kills but but i don't know if you noticed that trend that their tracks track three are uh are killers almost, almost, hmm. at least their first handful albums we'll, we'll, we'll hit it later it's, it's kind of easy to easy to see the pattern in that when all these songs are amazing uh we'll have a little i'm not as much of a super fan i have some critical thought as well but that's okay, okay. all that's right okay. interesting all yeah. right yeah, you're like interesting, not not valid, but interesting. So, the, <laughs> but the, we're tr- we're telling everybody we're telling everybody else to have open minds. I'll have an open <laughs> mind too. I will I will hear your uh, your. I now know I now know what what, uh, I guess. what what Aaron means is I disagree is interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want. I just want to validate your stupid statement by yeah. saying at least it's in- interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so less than a year later, you know, they're they're riding the wave of uh, of the uh, I hate everything about you. Um, and oh, I, I want to mention too uh, that during this time, and I say this, we're going back to ninety one real quick. I still will stand by the statement. 
that for me, 1991 is the greatest year in rock and roll because you had all everything colliding, some of the biggest albums released of all time, but you also had grunge coming out at the same time too. You had Metallica, all this stuff. Ozzy releases one of his one of his uh, top selling albums. Yeah, you know, you could argue if it's his best or not. That's fine. But the the point is, is that this was a thing where everything was just a beautiful rock and roll soup. And one of the soups that I that I saw was I saw Ozzy. Um, in Deer Creek with Ugly Kid in Deer Creek uh, in Indiana, this big amphitheater, uh, with Ugly Kid Joe open nice. right after right after that EP had dropped, where basically their opening set was they didn't have any other material, right? <laughs> that EP is like basically 25 minutes long. Yeah, they played perfect. everything on that album. They played the entire album, top to bottom, you know, including Sweetly, if I still remember that, because that makes perfect sense, leading yeah. to Ozzy, right? And it killed. That's the only time I've seen Ugly Kid Joe because, as you know, Ugly Kid Joe hates America. They hate or America. Why? For touring. <laughs> Why? Why do you hate America, right? We're going to change things today, though. Yeah? Yeah, because by the time we're done here today, there will be a new revolution of Ugly Kid Joe fans, a whole yes. new wave created by us here today of grassroots people, people recognizing. And so then at that point... Then people from all over the United States, upon hearing this episode mm-hmm. of ACLC, will be calling their local radio stations who don't care. <laughs> They're going to be reaching out to their local club owners and venue purveyors, you know, and letting them know, hey. Venue purveyors? Yeah, purveyors of venues. Okay, cool. You got to tell gotta get them. that gig. Sounds like a good one. First thing I'd do, book Ugly Kid Joe. And that's what the people out there in the world in America need to do, whether it's this band or any other band you love. It's so easy on social media. Just log on to the Facebook every day, go to your local venue, and tell them every single day you want Ugly Kid Joe. And then get as many other people as you can to do that also. And eventually the demand will be there. And Ugly Kid Joe will come back to America, but we'll get there. We got a little ways to go in this episode. We'll, we'll it, get to all that. Come on, though. It, it is it is mystifying, though, perplexing, if you will, the fact that they have not been put on. Why why are they not on these billion fucking shit band fests? Why yeah. why can't they just be one of those bands during the day? You see these lineups all the time, and they have the most random bands from back in the day. Ugly Kid, Kid Joe is not part of that mix. Of course they could be. I don't get it. Yeah? I don't either. You know, unless unless one of them's got a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I mean, it seems like, honestly, I've never said that before because I'm a huge Ugly Kid Joe fan. And I don't want to, you know, start a rumor. I'm just joking sure. when I say this. But, I mean, what else could it be? I, I you can't tell it. me nobody, and you you nailed it right on that. These big old festivals that are going on. I just looked at this four day thing that's got everybody playing on it. It's everybody. unbelievable. Yeah, they do them all over Europe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I doubt they hate us. I always make the joke, man. Why do they hate us? Trying to figure out why they hate us. You know, looking well, for clues. But in reality, something like that, something that keeps them from being able to play in the United States, maybe more likely at this point. I have no idea. I got to tell you what, maybe, it, maybe it, this leads right to 
September 8th, 1992. Maybe it's because they released an album called America's Least Wanted. With the Statue of Liberty flipping the bird and ringing a porno mag. What do you think? <laughs> you think this I is part it. of it? I love it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they feel the opposite of that. Maybe they that's how they feel, you know, because around this time... <laughs> They're megastars. Everybody loves them. Out there playing with Ozzy. You know, a lot of bands that opened for Ozzy over the years got their asses booed off the stage. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to an Ozzy show, that's really only the only thing anybody wants to see. It's like, you know, fuck this opening band. I want Ozzy. I mean, I've heard stories about, like, Monster Magnet just getting pelted with shit because Jesus. nobody That'd cared about them. Because they wanted to see Ozzy. I said, yeah. my buddy told me a story. I was like, I'm appalled that you people would do that, you know? But yeah. he's like, it happened. And it was like, well, you know, look at Ugly Kid Joe. They're opening for Ozzy. No problems. This None. time, everybody loves them. But that's all going to change, you know? They're riding high right now as we talk about them in this ugly timeline of ours. But in the future, it's going to drop way off, like oh, dead yeah. gone. And so maybe they look back and say, you know what? We loved America. We were Americans. And we loved them and they loved us. And then one day it was over and nobody gave a shit about us no more. Well, fuck us, America. No. Now we're back. Screw you. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not what it is. <laughs> But that's 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 Frankly, one. That's, I hope it's a warrant. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> simple, you know, not hatred of us. So America's least wanted again. Another nod to well, there's there was that that show on Fox, but there's also uh, an Ice Cube album that came out called America's Most Wanted too. So I think it's another rap homage uh, uh, in the title. Could be yeah. both. But uh, but in short, this thing comes out. It's it's a monster, two times platinum, uh, possibly more. But um, yeah, if I could just say that that the for because we're we're putting critical thought into this, my least favorite song on this album is the first track. Really, um, neighbor? Yes, I, I I can't. That was their first official, I think, single from yeah. this album, and. Um, I don't think it did him any favors. It also, also dated wise. And again, this goes to the whole thing of looking at this objectively is did it hurt or help them? <laughs> you talk about like a uh, big Saturday Night Live fan fucking hated the Pat character from yeah. the first moment that it was out. The, yeah. androgyn- the androgynous character having that and actually hearing Pat on the intro to the redo on this when they put uh, I hate everything about you. It immediately dates it. Yeah. It's like one of those things I wish could be removed. She was in the video for Neighbor. Yep. I don't think that helped them. No. Uh-uh. You know, if it would have been like a cool character or something fun, not something purposefully annoying. And I guess it was supposed to be used in How a way could, Why so- couldn't it be Hans and Franz? Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> they would have loved it. How about some church lady action? Yeah. I don't know. What Who else? are these what guys is- on the beach that hate everything? Could they be mm, the devil? What about the sprockets when they dance? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. That would have been an improvement. Everything would have been better than Pat. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that's bad. You know, that was a bad idea. And I think Neighbor is probably the closest thing on this album to Everything About You, other than the fact that Everything About You is also on this album. Sure. That they thought, well, you know, that's the closest thing to that. Let's release it and have a funny video of, you know, a dirty old guy moving into a nice neighborhood and being a pig and the bands all playing in the front yard and all this stuff, you know, and it was fun at the time in the same way that, you know, everything about you was fun. But I don't know, man, it's it's one of those like paradoxes of like these are the songs that the majority of people are going to love. But it's far from the best thing on the album. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's catchier songs. I mean, there's. I would if I was to rank these, I would I would put neighbor a little lower. But I mean, geez, there's songs on here like "Don't Go," which I love. So I'll call that one of my picks. I mean the the one again, like I said, neighbor. I don't think it was a good choice for a sing, for a first single, and I also. But what the fuck do I know? Because it sold two times platinum. Right. But I think that was more off of the fact that they pushed. They said, okay, anybody that didn't buy this EP, we also have everything about. I hate everything about you on it, and for whatever reason, they included Madman. I think they, that was a little put much, too much. I thought, like, okay, I already bought this goddamn thing. Why do I have these two songs? On right. It? Yeah, it's got the what ninety two remix or whatever. So what do you think the single should have been? Because I tell you what I think it should have been. I, th- I think it should have been "Come Tomorrow" or yeah. or "Panhandling." Well, I don't know if "Panhandling Prince" is a is a single, but it's fucking great. The fact that it actually name checks Donald Trump back in '92 is also yeah. uh, <laughs> funny to me too. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yo, Mr. Trump, can I ask you a question? You got to spend change for me, sucker. Now I'm down and out, and there ain't no doubt that. I am here to stay. Yeah, you see me with my brother's line in the gutter with my my paper bag in hand. Yeah, the streets are cold, but at least they're so. Man, you leave me there, right? Die, die, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think they should have went with same side. I can see that because that's one. That's what I was trying to think of. It was, it was like funky same. and it was mm-hmm. fun, but it was still yeah. rocking, catchy. I think that would have been that would have been a better better single than neighbor. You know, I think that the best thing they could have done was the opposite of what we're talking about. Is like your name's Ugly Kid Joe. You have a funny single for your first one that people know about you. Maybe you show a little different side of you for your first single versus just going the same. But I can see the record exec saying, too, we can make a funny video with Neighbor. Right. Um, And at that time, you're kind of at the mercy of the record company. And nine times out of ten, they're telling you what it's going to be. Yeah. But uh, but one thing that I that, you know, definitely not a single worthy, but. I always go back to this song that's on all of my like rock playlists and everything. And that is the fact that they, you know, they show, they're showing their influences on their sleeve, right? They got the, they're showing the Sabbath with a cover, but bringing Rob fucking Halford onto a song called God Damn Devil. Yes. The, the lyrics are amazing. They're like serious, but funny at the same time. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. kind of playing around, but it still is pretty evil. And just hearing those Halford vocals in the chorus. driving to your car and you know that song or it's in your earbud and you're at work or whatever you can't help but sing along to it if you know it because it's so good (laughs) right and that's the whole thing these guys however you want to slice and dice it they're having fun and uh as you're listening you're having a good time with them yes so it improves your mood you put this album on ah, your mood's gonna go up you know there was a time when I was working in wrestling where I was kind of being like a villainous manager type guy and the song that I used was so damn cool. <laughs> Ooh, I can see that. That riff on this is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good riff to come out to. And then you get to act like a jerk cause you're so damn cool. I think that was one of their singles, but I never heard it anywhere per Wikipedia at least. Yeah. I think they released a shitload of singles off of that thing. They did. Like but seven of them. <laughs> I saw I'm like bullshit they might have released it but but and also not to shit on this I again just like everything else I never heard cats in the cradle 
I do like like that. Uh, I do like their cover of it. It's the the version that I know and I've heard the yeah. original. But uh, I do think it's a cool. The lyric is awesome in it, and I and I and I, I thought that should have been like their single. If they're gonna they're, they're gonna release it for a single, that should have been the lead one. I thought, even though it's a cover, I don't know. It just kind of works. Takes them different level. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I mean, I remember hearing that song like my dad listening to AM radio when we were kids, and that would that yeah. would play the original. And so it was always it. yeah, it was an, and it's it's a cool song because it's like one of those thought provoking songs. You know, you think right. about it, and it's like wow, man, that's a story. It's not just a mm-hmm. song. So to pick something to cover, man, I guess that's a pretty good choice. They change it up a little bit, you know, make it their own. I guess would be the way to say it, and. Aside from the fact that, you, as a big Ugly Kid Joe fan, you kind of detest that song because, for the only reason, like it's a cover song, it's a ballady song, and it's next to "I Hate Everything About You," the only other song by Ugly Kid <laughs> Joe that ninety-eight percent of the population—I guess probably ninety-eight point nine, maybe actually know like right. Ugly Kid Joe oh I remember they had two songs and then they disappeared yeah They're the people that hate people and like cats yeah pretty wild so yeah, yeah so this look- album just packed full of great stuff it's got a the Mr. Record Man thing at the end I always thought was pretty funny no that's not bad either Busy Bee you know it's got some good variety on it I'm actually gonna uh, probably grab this on I, I just thought it was released uh, like a or Whatever they did a new version of it on vinyl, so probably pick it up. Right on. Um, uh, but but uh, this album was has stood up, I thought, and and then they kind of and maybe you know more about this, but then for the rest of the the time, these albums are lost. Like me, I remember the the next album is again is a menace to society, another um, like a, a gang type type movie. Another uh, reference, Menace to Sobriety. I didn't even know this thing. I didn't even know this thing came out. Oh, really? Until like years later, like finding it at uh, like a, like the Camaro cutout bin. Wow. Uh, because I remember, I don't remember any promotion for this. Uh, I did own it. Uh, but, but I mean, three years, that's an eternity at this time, at this yeah. time to, to be off the radar. So what do you know about this time? Do you, since you're more of a, a fan that I know as far as maybe the minutia. I mean, why, why, why disappear that long? I don't know. I never understood that myself. I mean, so in 92, they're still one of the biggest bands in the world. You know, they're putting out songs that people are hearing all the time on the radio. The two songs, like monsters, touring like monsters all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I always figured because they still seemed like they were so different from the pack and the pack was that Seattle sound, you know? And so like Pearl Jam goes on, Stone Temple Pilots go on, Soundgarden goes on, Alice in Chains goes on. And they go, what about Ugly Kid Joe? Do they go on? Like, mm, no. <laughs> okay but like is this even i don't even know if this is released on a major label uh menace to sobriety was released on mercury so i mean wow. it was their their last big shot with a big record company okay 
But the, I mean, I don't know what happened. I mean, I I don't know what the single was off of it. Well, I'll tell you this: like, I knew it was coming out. Oh, I you did? still, yeah, no, I For stayed. What? With, what was, who was publishing articles about them at this? Was Metal Edge actually it had saying? It been like, in Metal Edge, and okay. I've got Metal Edge all the time, and mainly, sure. you know, wanting to keep up with bands like Ugly Kid Joe and seeing what they're still up to. And I remember, you know, finding out that it was coming out and being excited about it and actually being at the Camelot Music on music release day that it was coming out and waited at the mall for the gate to open when it opened. Just like just like we used to do with Skid Row albums, just like we used to do with Motley Crue albums, except this time it's like the door opens. I kind of get over there to the U section. There's two of them in there. And I grabbed one, and I'm so excited for it. And so I went in, bought it, and threw it in the car on the way back to town, you know, so I'd go to work and just rocked on it and was so happy to get new Ugly Kid Joe music. And I love the album. Right. So let's, let's, let, now we're going, we're, we're following a young Aaron Camaro into Camelot music, and he sees it on the shelf. And let me just describe this album cover. <laughs> now, I'm not sure how far back Photoshop goes, but there must have been an unpaid intern. Uh, uh, <laughs> put this together. This you need to pay, possibly pause this this podcast and take a look and look it up. But Mendes of Sobriety, it's awesome. So it has it has a kid. I'm going to say he's maybe nine, ten years old. He's wearing um, which uh, maybe Oktoberfest uh, Oktoberfest outfit. He's got a 24 ounce beer that he that he's chugging. The font for Ugly Kid Joe is, I guess, Oktoberfest ishy. Would you say? I don't know. Is Maybe. that like? I don't know uh, what it is. I don't, I don't know, know what, what it is. is. Yeah, it's like old English. Old English. Yeah, there you it, go. it's not it, like the Ugly Kid Joe font you think of. That's like you know, I don't know how to describe <laughs> that either. You know, bubbly. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and in front of this child, who has been unsupervised, he's he's wearing a tie. He's wearing all this stuff. I think is a a chunk of meat next to a tablecloth. Uh, maybe he's got some some uh. uh some wiener schnitzel uh-huh. uh, and some. Uh, what, what else is in front of him? He's got a lot of meat in front of him too. Yeah, he's got a pretty good spread. And by the background, it like appears like he may be in hell. <laughs> That's right. And then just like, like some kind of like fun. But if you look at this, everything on this album cover is pixelated. It's it's. It doesn't matter what version you have. I have this in front of me. I'm looking at the C- CD and everything. It's. Did this album cover hurt or help them? Did you look at it and be like, yes, this is what I was looking for, or I hope the music's good? <laughs> I don't know. I was just so excited to have it because, like it's you said, it, it had been a long time. And then it's not until you get it home and, like, look at it, really, you know, and like, what, what were they thinking with this cover, you know, because... The other ones, you got the cartoon logo image guy, the the sure. gimmick or whatever you call it. and uh, But this one is weird, you know, because it's not the Ugly Kid Joe font you're used to. And yeah. it, it it looks like something that's pretty cheaply made. <laughs> Just saying, man. It looks like a first draft. There's Again, there's a lot of information to, to take in all at once on, the, on this album cover. Yeah. Love the fucking album title. Again, I'm a big pun guy. Yeah, okay, I like can, that. Can it, Kenny Laguns, right? Okay, yeah. so so I'm, I'm a big pun guy. Hey, I got I got one for you. What you got? When is a door not a door? When it's a jar. When some motherfucker leaves it a jar. Well, you added motherfucker, but I had the answer. <laughs> 
that's not, it's an is ugly that really kid a Joe pun joke. or a dad joke? Is it's, it a dad joke? It's a dad, ugly kid Joe joke. Yeah, okay. Uh, what did the... Uh, what did the uh, uh, thing you make of, one of, up on the fly? Yeah, I got this. <laughs> what did what did the jar of vinaigrette say when somebody opened the refrigerator? I don't know. Close the door. I'm dressing. Oh man, that ain't got nothing to do with Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> what, what does the other one have anything to do with? <laughs> Funky Fresh Country Club. It does. Yeah, right down in the back of the car when some motherfucker left the door ajar. Oh my god, that was that was that was a pull. That was, that was a reach. That was a reach. Not a pull, a reach. I've been trying to think of that for the last year and a half. Come on. <laughs> I wrote that after the last episode. I was like, oh, remember that joke for Ugly Kid Joe someday. <laughs> Write it down. Okay, so 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 medicine sobriety. You get it home, you're cranking it, and you're uh I'm 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 gonna assume you always drove a Camaro. So you're playing a Camaro you're playing you're cranking it in your Camaro on the way home. Uh-huh. Your thoughts, thoughts, dreams, impressions. What's your what's your vibe about the uh, this album? Love, love it. And I'm thinking I'm the only one that's listening to this right now. <laughs> like nobody else was there to get it. But the intro is killer. The first song is killer. The second that song riff, is right? killer. Oh man, when I when I listen, and that's that's my pick. The first song off this album. But what I like to do is, like I said, you know, and everybody knows I'm funny about my iPod. But when I do my iPod intro and track two, God, the greatest Christian rock song of all time, <laughs> they're together. I always I always keep them together because one leads to the other. And I mean, what a great way to open the album. Like, that's the first thing you hear when you put this in. I put this in the car and I crank it up I'm like wow you know and then the song kicks in and it's blows my mind and it's like yeah ugly kid joe is back this is gonna be the greatest thing ever and then it just goes on and the whole album is good i mean there's nothing on here that i hate i mean even the ballads even the b-side is amazing i mean slower than nowhere is amazing song tell you the song on here Whatever, however this worked for Ugly Kid Joe, how this wasn't a big hit, as I can tell you, the song should have been Jesus Rode a Harley. Oh, hell yeah. That should have totally been a single. It would have been massive. Also spent a little time working as a DJ at a gentleman's club, 
and I would play that song, and people would love it. And girls would be like, hey, play that Jesus Wrote a Harley song because these biker guys are in here, and they're going to love it and start throwing money around. Like, people loved that song and would come up and be like, who is this band? And I'd be like, Ugly Kid Joe. And they'd say, can you write that down? What was that? Never heard of that. You know, and I'm like, damn, you know, but... People went nuts over that song around the same time. I'm working at Z104, Pure Rock out of Central Wisconsin, where back in the day, every once in a while, you could sneak something of your own into the playlist. You know, doing it late late at night, I was really good for that when I worked on radio. I would play this song. I'd sneak it in there because I knew the hit power of it, and people would call and be like, who is that? You know, because you wouldn't be like, hey, this ugly kid Joe, you just kind of slip it in between two songs you're supposed to be playing. But I would always get calls back whenever I would play that song because I remember the first time hearing it going, how did this not be a massive hit single that carried Ugly Kid Joe onto the upper echelons? Clever lyric. Clever ass lyrics. Hard rocking, great groove, so catchy, so hooky. I mean, it would be... Other than, you know, Moses used to sniff the lines and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> I could see a song like that being used in commercials nowadays where it's yeah. acceptable for bands to, where they used to be called sellouts for doing that. But no, rock and roll all night at Applebee's, everybody. Jesus Wrote a Harley could have been a song like that, and I don't understand why it's not. And I mean, as cool as that one is, it's still not the best song on the album. There's other songs that are even better than that one, I think. I th- I think it, that would be my pick for the best one. Yeah. But but uh, but I gotta tell you also, with uh with that said, you know you got uh, cussed. Can't you see them? Yeah. Um, where I'm like, what does this mean? Oh, can't you see them? Like after the first couple times I heard that, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Took me a little bit bit of time, but the other one is is I think that they actually wrote their real version, their own original, in the same zone of Cats in the Cradle. With, with yes, it's more of a ballad, but I think it's a, a, a well-written song, and that is Milkman's Son.
That's another one too. You know, people hear that song. I remember when this was new and I'd be playing it with my friends would be hanging around or if they're riding with me in the car, I'm constantly playing this. And I had a friend who was like, man, fuck Ugly Kid Joe. They suck. They're stupid. Everything about you, blah, blah, blah. But you hear Milkman's son, you'd be like, well, at least play the one good song. And that's the one he always liked, you know? And that's that one too had like mass appeal potential. Mm-hmm. But you got to get people to hear it. Everybody I've ever played this album for loves it. But they're not Ugly Kid Joe fans, you know? They're just like, oh, this is great. But they don't know what it is. They don't follow it. You know, they don't They don't know it. No. If you have Jesus, Word of Harley, Milkman's Son, you put those in any any mix, I think they would just flow. Totally. Into, into, into the mix. You'd be like, who is that? Yeah. It's Ugly Kid Joe. Okay. Yeah. Cool song. I mean, Sucker Path even. Or Tomorrow's World. Yeah. I mean, it's this whole oh, album. Tomorrow's World. What am I talking about? Again, another track three. Super catchy yeah. song. That's what I was saying, that they're track threes of of uh, Come Tomorrow, Too Bad, or Tomorrow's World. All those are standouts, and they're a little extra uh, uh, hook. They're, they have more hooks, I would say, than some of the other Ugly Kid Joe things where they could flow into a different playlist, too. So. Yeah, I just don't know what happened. I mean, to deliver such an amazing album and just nothing. I don't get it. Yep. So that's released on June 13th, 1995. And less, just a little, I'm sorry, not less, but just a little over a year, unlike the three-year wait, basically, after Least Wanted, they come out with, I got to tell you, as far as all these other titles, the least creative one, as far as a title, and that is just Motel California. And that's October 22nd, 96. Yep. Here's another one. In 96, it's a little different. You know, I'm not going to the Camelot music anymore. Now I got to go to Intersleeve, which was always another cool story. It was the local owned one. So if you had something brand new you were getting, you'd go to the mall and get it. But if you were going to like peruse for old stuff, used stuff, you'd go to the Intersleeve. So now by 96, I know I'm not going to get motel california at the camelot music i don't even know if camelot <laughs> music was around anymore by that point is so, that a different label would you know this let's see yes Independent because band? yeah because yeah. after the last yeah. one didn't fly mercury cut them loose sure that was the yeah, end he used of all that. their budget on that cover <laughs> yeah because they certainly didn't use it on promotion no not at all it's a shame but this one, Photoshop was the, Photoshop was expensive back then. That's right. It was cutting edge stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking 1995, man. <laughs> but uh, Motel California again. I know it's coming. I've read it in Metal Edge or something. Because even in '96, I'm still reading Metal Edge because I'm trying to keep up with the bands I like. And Metal Edge, Metal Edge. By the way, about uh, 25 percent, 30 percent thinner. What do you say? Per per. Per issue? Oh, yeah. Little by little. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Little by little, it gets thinner and thinner. Yep. Go ahead. Yep. So any news about Ugly Kid Joe you're getting in the Metal Edge in 1996, you better cherish it. <laughs> That's what I mean. So like if the if Mercury bought an ad and it was just like a tiny little square in the corner of the page that was like, well, what are you going to do? There's only six pages in this thing now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when Motel California was announced it was coming out, I'm excited for it. Again, I'm 
out of all the people I know, I had one friend that was really into Ugly Kid Joe with me. And, you know, he respected Steve? him. No, this one was actually Jason, my my okay. original Kiss friend. Cool. And uh, so I went to get it, but I had to actually go ahead of time to the Inner Sleeve Records, talk to the man there and say, hey, look, you know, this, this CD is coming out on this day. I want it. Can you get it for me? And he was like, yeah, I can get it for you. And I was like, all right, cool. And I put down the money ahead of time and he got it for me. And, you know, and then on that day I waited. I was excited for it because then, you know, I knew it was coming. I knew that's the day I can drive down to Wassa, go to the inner sleeve and pick up my new Ugly Kid Joe CD. So that was pretty cool still back then to be able to have that anticipation of waiting for it because you paid for it. It's yours. You're just waiting for it to show up. And again, I love this one too. There's there's not a whole lot on this album I don't like. Yeah, you're gonna have to pick something on this because this is the one that that again, uh, critical thought. This is the one that did not stick with me. Like the there's something for me that was missing on on this particular release. But uh, but also I should say that that uh, it says too in Wikipedia that they saw that Ugly Kid Joe saw that there was a huge surge in their populator in the Wisconsin area from your pre-order. <laughs> Well, and when you're when when you're talking 1995 or 96, bro, yeah, 1996, Ugly Kid Joe, you know, one CD sale in the middle of Wisconsin, that's a huge peak, yeah. Yeah, you see it on all the reports. We gotta maybe go tour this area. Well, this is the final album of the original run of Ugly Kid Joe before they'd go away for a long ass time. Yeah, right. Um, Of course, I didn't know that at the time when I got it and growing up in the middle of Wisconsin, I had never seen ugly kid Joe live. And so, you know, to find out it was over, was a real bummer, but this album was a pretty good way to go out. I think, I mean, so you've never seen them live. Never. Wow. I've never seen ugly kid yeah. Joe live. It's yeah. the, it's the bane of my existence. It's the, the one thing that I have left to do. Okay. So I got this album. I love it. Let's see. There's uh Little Red Man is on here. That's got Lemmy singing backgrounds on it. Mm. That's a pretty cool one. Undertow is a song on here that's kind of a little more mellow, but still has got some deepness to it. There's not a lot of like, there's there's a song on here called Sandwich that is kind of funny, jokey. <laughs> I know that kind one. of song. And Bicycle Wheels is another one that's kind of funny, you know, written with a little humor. But, uh, it's no Oompa Loompa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you forgot the cover on the last album, the cover of the Oompa Loompa song, Metal Jesus. Style. That's right. Which is actually pretty cool. <laughs> My favorite one on here, I think, is a song called Would You Like to Be There? Share with me, cause my arms are stretched in my wild. Yeah. 
it's a deep song. It's pretty. It's got a heaviness to it. It's like one of those songs where it's like you listen to it and you could almost feel like sitting somewhere, like maybe on a mountain or on a hill and the sun's coming up and it's beautiful and the birds are singing or you're on a beach and, you know, it's sunset and the skies are turning pink. It's like these are the kind of songs, something like that would be perfect for moments like that. And why any kind of travelocity or kayak or whatever hasn't picked up on that song to use as music for their commercials about being on vacation I don't know, you know. I guess they don't even know about Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. Come on, Airbnb. Step up. Right. Wouldn't you like to be there? I know you would. Maybe if we can get them some endorsement deals here in the United States, you and I can get them to come back. I night. So we could actually be we could actually broker a deal. Broker a deal like, hey, listen, listen, we got you set up with Applebee's. We got you set Mm. up with Travelocity and we've got you set up with Harley Davidson. Now, these guys are all willing to sign this. These deals, you're going to get X amount of dollars Mm -hmm. for, you know, use of your songs in these commercials and in these uh, promotional ads. And in return, you know, you'll also get paid. But here in small print, you're like, you got to come on a U.S. tour. I think this is perfect. I think that what we do is we present this to the band and then we say, listen, what we really want to do is what we've always wanted to do is we want to manage Ugly Kid Joe <laughs> for their, to get to get commercial placement for your songs right, uh, uh, and everything like that. And with the caveat that you must play Denver right. and Nashville. 100%. Full headline show. None yes. of this opening bullshit. Nope. Maybe have Local H open for you. Yeah. Take them out on tour. Right. Just do that, and that's it. I think it's a great deal. I think it's beautiful. Uh, so then, you know, the band takes a good uh, 16 years off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I don't know if – and you can tell me if they do a tour at this time because you mentioned that you missed them at some point. But, but like, from – so maybe you can fill in some, some information. But 96 is their last release until Stairway to Hell on June 5th, 2012. Are they touring in the U.S. in between here doing something? Well, um, Whitfield Crane would be offered the gig in Judas Priest. That Ripper, what? Yeah, I don't, that, even know, yep. I don't even know this story. Yep. Originally, they wanted Whitfield Crane to be the lead singer of Judas Priest when Rob Helford left. But Whitfield was like, well, I mean, you can't replace Rob Helford. And no matter how good you do or how hard you try... It's never going to live up. So he turned it down. Then he joined a band with uh, the guitar player from Soulfly, a guy named Logan Mater. And they had a band called Medication. And they released an EP and an album. And while I've never got to see Ugly Kid Joe, I did get to see Medication one time. Hmm. And I think I made him mad because I was like, hey. Play some Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else in the audience, probably. <laughs> but they were good. And that the music, the album they came out with, and that EP, they both have some great songs on it. Because, you know, even when it's kind of new metal-ish a little bit, I mean, okay. it's still Whitfield Crane. And then there was a point where he had joined Life of Agony for a minute. Really? Like, they lost their lead singer. And so they brought in Whitfield Crane. I think Whitfield does some shows with them. But when it comes time to record, 
it's just like, you know, they're like, we can't not sound like Ugly Kid Joe or sound like the Whitfield Crane Band. This guy is too powerful to be our lead singer because he's such a, you know, a big piece that it kind of takes away from the sound that they were. You know, like he didn't fit Life of Agony songs too good, I guess, even though the guy could sing the hell out of it. They were probably mad because everybody's in the crowd yelling, play some Ugly Kid Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like me. But So that never happened. But looking back on it, I kind of wish it would have. I wish he would have joined Judas Priest because we might, at least you and me, look at those two albums that came out in the 90s a little differently. Yeah, I mean, and I would love to have seen a show where they, they, uh, you know, they do like a a medley of Living After Midnight into Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, okay. So what, what was that? Didn't he have also have a band that was named after that little yellow thing in the in the urinal? Oh, um, Yellow Cake. <laughs> yeah. But so that was after- that's that's years later, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I got the timeline wrong. But, but he uh, also let's see uh, when. Here's one thing that after after that last album came out, there was a tribute to ACDC that came out. I think it was called Thunderstruck, mm-hmm. and on that album was two different songs performed by I think they were called like the Mighty Whitsketeer Band. Okay. But it was actually most of Ugly Kid Joe, just not using the name. And so they did covers of Livewire, which is just killer. Like the best cover of Livewire. The only cover of Livewire that could ever even come close to the awesomeness of the original. I can see that. You got to check it out because there's elements of other ACDC songs mixed into that song. And then they do a cover of Ride On with Whitfield Crane singing it. It's amazing. Huh. Yeah, it's really cool. So look that up. Um, What else? What else? Um, I think Cordell Crockett was, I might be messing this up, might have been like a roadie for Jizzy Pearl at one point. I I don't know. No, I just just love any time Jizzy Pearl's name comes up in conversation. Just the greatest again, perfectly rated name. Yes. Yeah? Oh yeah. That's yeah. I don't yeah. know. That one might be underrated. That one's pretty great. <laughs> all right. So, so so then so then Ugly Kid Joe's gone for all them years, you know, and yeah. it sucks. It sucks because that's that's my jam, you know. I love and that. And that is band. not the zone where you miss them. No. Okay. So they end up coming back together, like yep what 19 years later almost right and they come back with the stairway to hell ep which has got some really cool stuff on it that comes Mm -hmm. out in 2012 then in 2015 they come out with uglier than they used to be yep two fingers this time and it's awesome it's so good like been waiting for ugly kid joe to come back all these years and never knew for sure if it would ever even happen you know, because they're all out doing, I guess, their own things, you know. So it's like, it's probably never going to happen. I really didn't expect it to ever happen. And then it did. 
And then they came back with the EP, and that was just a tease because there were some really good songs on there. But then when the full-length studio album comes out, holy shit, is it good. And now people that have never listened to Ugly Kid Joe or were too young to know Ugly Kid Joe, and also if they're in Europe... Are, there's a whole new generation of Ugly Kid Joe fans, and they love them over there. And when Ugly Kid Joe plays a show, thousands and thousands of people show up to it, you know? And they're getting the love and the respect that they deserve over there. But, I mean, I pre-ordered this one. I think this was a Pledge Music thing, too. That so sounds right. Before, yeah, before that all went to shit, these guys <laughs> utilized that pretty successfully. And found out there was actually a lot of people that really wanted to see him come back with a full-length studio album. So many good songs. How many do I got left? I got two left? You just have one. Man. Well, I got to pick something off of this album because it's so good. Um, when Chris Sinzak and myself got to appear on the Metalworks radio show and okay. we were getting to pick songs to play for people actually listening to the radio. This was back around rock and pod one. I want to say one or two. And I went on there and I played a song off this album and I'm proud of that. But one of my favorite songs and one of my favorite things about ugly kid Joe, and this is a perfect example of that is just the guitar tone. I love the guitars in this song. I love the lyrics. I love the sentiment of it all. It reminds me of my dad. It's a song called my old man. Also features a guitar solo from Phil Campbell. Yeah. Of Motorhead. Yeah, and, well, they, and there's two there's two covers on here. I mean, I wish that they did an, uh, a less predictable cover. I mean, nobody needs to cover Ace of Spades, but it's still good. Yeah, and I think it was in tribute to Lemmy. 
It's a solid. This is what brought me back in. So basically, I fell off of a medicine sobriety. So basically, twenty years later, uh, you know, I, I hear this album, and then I start going going back to checking out their stuff. After, and I remember Decibel Geek talk, talking about this when it came out. I was super excited was, uh, about it. Sure, like I was, like I just took a break from telling everybody else in my life about it, just mm-hmm. to sit down with Chris and tell him and the listeners about it. He's like, everywhere I go, like. Hey, have you heard this yet? It's really good. <laughs> My mom's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, you should really listen to it. It's awesome." Uh, the the first four tracks are solid yeah. as well. Like "Bad Seed," Bad "Let the Record awesome. Play," yes, super, super, super catchy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, in the first track, you know, "The Hell Ain't Hard to Find" definitely has an ACDC Bond Scott. He really uh, uh, channels that that voice so well on it. Um, so I would definitely check out all those. She's already but, gone is a beautiful song that's kind of ballady, but still got a certain heaviness to it. Under the bottom is a pretty great song along the same lines. Another song on here that is a huge standout that I highly recommend to everybody is track ten is called The Enemy. And it's like two songs in one. They're the same, but they're different. It's a trip. You got to check it out. Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah, they're funny. They can be. They're funky. They can be. They rock. They can be. They can be all these things. They can be all these things for you. All you got to do is go out there and check them out. They're back. And they got new music coming our way, my friend. Yeah. Red Wings of Destiny coming out at the end of 2022 sometime. I don't know if there's an official release date. Maybe you know it. I, I love that album title so much. That's great. <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, I was maybe going to be the uh, singer for Judas Priest. So I'll just call it Rad Wings of Destiny. Yeah, it's perfect. It fits in with all the things. They've always done parody cover names or yep. album names. And I'll yeah, say, it's great. like, if, if you're... If you were going to say like a, a gateway, besides the amazing playlist that we'll have in the notes here, um, for me, uh, well, you know what? I'll, I'll let you go first. Besides what people probably know, if they've if they've only listened to, let's say they'd never heard Ugly Joe, but let's say that they own America's Least Wanted, they're, they're, that's their gateway drug. What's the next two albums that you would recommend them checking out next? Like going, going, uh, pointing them to the that direction. Well, since Rad Wings Destiny is not out yet, and I don't know what it's going to sound like, even though I'd be willing to put money on it, it's going to be fucking awesome. Um, After that, I'd say go right to Uglier Than They Used To Be would be the next one, and then maybe jump back to Menace to Sobriety. That's exactly that. I would would have no other instructions. That's exactly the path I would say to take, too. Yeah, and Um, I would say get out there and pre-order the brand new one, too. I'm telling you, you know, this band has not gotten their due. And I'm glad we're getting to do this here today because this is a band that deserves it. They may have been dismissed as, oh, that's the those guys on the beach that hate everything. And they did the cover of that sweet old song about, you know, getting old. But it's so much more than that. You know, I hope everybody's gotten a little taste today about just how great this band is. And... I implore you, go out there and search out more of their stuff. You know, listen to their full albums because this is one of them bands that for everything they've ever released, and I put it all on my iPod, I don't really skip any of it ever. And this is a band that I like to put in and I say, you know, play All Ugly Kid Joe today. Or even, I want to hear this album today. 
you know, this band has been really important to me over the years from seeing them that first time on Ugly Kid on MTV and going, you know what, this Ugly Kid Joe, it's it's something different, you know, and it it makes me feel good. It gives me those same kind of feelings that the bands that I like that everyone's telling me aren't cool anymore. Well, these guys are clearly pretty cool. I mean, look at them. They're on the beach. They're jumping around. They're having a good time. They're smiling. You know, the bands of that time weren't smiling. It wasn't about having fun. It was about, you know, being serious and having feelings, you know, and feelings, you know, up here, not down there, you know, and this was a band that had, you know, give you the feelings down there too. And so, you know, when they came out, they were different. They were cool. I liked them. And like I've explained today, you know, even at their point where I didn't think like anybody else cared about them at all, I was still buying these albums when they were coming out and still excited to get them. And I'm super excited for the new one. And I hope everybody listening to this today gets that sense from myself and Loose Cannon because we only come together once a year to do these things. So if we do it, it's because we really believe in what we're talking about. So take it from two of the guys that are co-hosts on two of your favorite rock podcasts. When we tell you it's time to put some Ugly Kid Joe into your life. Yeah. And now what I want you to tell, uh, since you didn't mention it earlier, is when did you fuck up and not see him live? Ah, so... Was it last year? What? Last year they last played year. a show. I think it was with Priest. Yeah, the show with Priest. Mm, where was that though? You know, uh, Metal Mike G, right? A good friend of mine has been at Rock and Pie. He's the photographer. Mm-hmm. He he's yeah, yeah. Ugly Kid Joe fan number one. He is the greatest Ugly Kid Joe fan. I have conceded that to him, and he went. To where? Where did they play, though? What town? What city? It was, was it Virginia Beach? Okay, okay. That was their only U.S. show. It was the only one, and it was opening for Priest. And he went, and not only did he go, but he got camera credentials. And he told them, Hmm. he's like, I'm really just here to see Ugly Kid Joe. (laughs) And he went through Priest? And he went, and he got through, and he got to be down there and took some amazing photographs. That's great. So I could have went. I should have went. It was one of those deals where it's like, I've got so much going on. It's adult bullshit gets in the way, you know? And it's like. Of course. It's Virginia Beach. I know. I know. But, you know, I just, I couldn't do it. Here's my prediction. Ugly Kid Joe, in support of Red Wings of Destiny, will tour with Judas Priest as the opening act. Yeah, because Priest has got a new album coming out, too. I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it. I'm calling my oh, shot. Oh, man. There's two. They, I sure hope you're right. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they do love America. Maybe they're not wanted by the authorities. Maybe they are mm-hmm. just waiting for that right thing. Like, if we're going to go, we got to do it right. You know, maybe people don't respect us enough in America to give us a full headlining tour, but we go out with the mighty Judas Priest, and those guys love us, and they're going to treat us great, and we're going to be perfect for their audience. Then we go around, and everybody remembers us in America. Not just Loose Cannon, not just Aaron Camaro. Everybody nope. remembers Ugly nope. Kid Joe. That's, that's why the pun. That's why they're doing the deep pun. Okay. Redwood, all you know, right. You know what I mean? Okay, it's all coming together. So Man, I hope you're right. goddamn devil in there. So I think with that, you can make the pick on these. These are my two. This is my last pick. But I'm split. I'm split on From Stairway to Hell, some more Satan, 
You've got Devil's Paradise, great. the first track That's on that song. one. And, and then you also have some more Satan with Hell Ain't Hard to Find off of Uglier, Uglier Than They Used to Be. So which one do we pick for the the, the playout track? Oh, hell, you're going to make me choose between the two of them? Um, yeah. I guess, man, I love them both a lot. But since we didn't play anything off the 2013 EP, Stairway to Hell, which Metal Mike gave me a big giant poster of that. It's freaking awesome. Can't wait to hang it back up. Um, let's do that. Let's do Devil's Paradise. Done. Sweet, man. Loose Cannon, I'm glad we get together once a year to do something important like this. What else is on the uh, the list then? Uh, I don't know. How many times have you seen Tough Live? <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> You know what? We'll do we'll do a whole discography on uh, 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 Cheeseheads with Attitude. What do you think? Oh, yeah. You got to include that, too. Yeah. <laughs> they got some quality I, stuff. I, I mean, can't do that one. I can't Cheeseheads with Attitude's no ugly kid Joe or nothing. But, you know, no. they got their place, their time and place. Well, cool, man. What's been fun as always. Yes. Um, uh, I just want to say thanks again for uh, for over a decade of Decibel Geek and Rock and Pod and all those things, they've given me great joy and wasted many hours of my, of my life just uh, in a good way. Just escaping and, and listening to some rock and roll and, and some great banter. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, and it goes both ways because I really love what you and Baco do with Cobras and Fire. And, you know, it's it's good quality stuff. And I love the fact that you guys show up for Rock and Pod. You know, I know there's been times when you couldn't, but when you guys do... It always it makes me so happy to get to hang out with you guys. I squeezed your asses into the Camaro and drove you all the way out to Murfreesboro to Chris Sinzak's house. Damn straight you did. I'll well, never forget that. Yeah, you, you left know, us those there. Are you left some her, of, some <laughs> of my best rock and mod rock and pod memories include you guys. So thank and you guys for And a garage and sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out with Kid Rock. That's right. But oh, yeah, that's right. Guys, the same Kid Rock again. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. But yeah, rocket. Mention the date again. It'll be um, this. The, it, trust me, it'll be legal by this time. Okay. Again, rock and pod. Rock and pod twenty twenty three, March eighteenth. I will be continuing to bug Chris Sinzak to give us more details as he's working it out. I can tell you this: he's working on some big stuff. And if you go by real estate, this is going to be the biggest rock and pod Ooh. ever for sure. So with is big as it's going to be you can imagine the guests are going to be outstanding the podcasts are going to be all going to be all coming together it's in nashville march 18th if you want more information i don't know how much is out there just yet except for maybe past years and everybody's memories and having fun and how awesome it is and how much fun you could have when you join us for rockin pod 2023 i can't wait to see you guys i love it all right man let's get out of here all right. Let's see. I love it. What's the, uh, let's see, uh, Rock's Not Dead. I can't even do that one. We gotta get no, because we don't do that on no, this one, do, We don't do that. We don't do that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we don't do that here. This uh-huh. is ACLC. When two guys get together once a year because we have to, we owe the world something. We owed the world to learn about Local H. We did that. We needed the world to know about the awesomeness of Ugly Kid Joe, and we did that too. So in one year from now, when we reconvene and do this again, you can guarantee it's going to be important. And don't forget, 
call your local venue provider. Purveyor. Purveyor. <laughs> and tell them you want Ugly Kid Joe in the United States. Hello, are you a local venue purveyor? That's well, how you yes, have to start I the conversation. <laughs> Perfect. Then book Ugly Kid Joe. Stat. Why, I will get on that immediately. See, folks, it's just so simple. You could save America. I, think I, that's hope you're, I so hope you're right. I so <laughs> hope you're right about the Judas Priest thing. <laughs> Me too. I think that's I it. I think, it. I think I think I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to cut it at you. You can save America, then place Devil's Paradise. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.